0: Maxim Gunn decided, if there was one thing he disliked more than bad whiskey, it was probably wading knee deep through raw sewage. He thought sewage took on a whole new meaning when it was up close and personal. His flashlight beam probed the Brookline tunnel, lighting the turgid flow of dark liquid and slimy walls. He tried not to let his mind dwell on what washed around his hip waders, concentrating instead on the job in hand. Somewhere about 50 meters ahead, if he had read the plans right, would be a metal ladder leading to a trapdoor. The door, possibly jammed by the dirt of ages, was supposed to open into a storage room deep in the unused cellars of number 37 Ulrichstrasse. Gunn hoped, somewhat dispassionately, that no one had piled forgotten boxes on it. If they had, he would have to retrace his steps and enter number 37 by the front door a tactic that would be considerably more difficult due to the presence of armed guards. There was a scurrying from an exit high on the wall to his left. A half dozen sleek, wet rats jumped and plopped with small splashes into the stream ahead. Gunn grimaced. Nature sure the hell was adaptable. The rats swam a few yards, scrambled onto a narrow ledge, and disappeared, no more concerned with the raw sewage than if they'd been for an evening dip in some peaceful river. Gunn didn't like rats, but then neither did they bother him. He thought it was the red eyes glinting in lamplight that made them feared, red eyes and sharp teeth, and the thought of gnawed corpses. The flashlight beam caught the horizontal rungs of the ladder. It was rusted with age and looked unsafe. Gunn sighed, just another little thing to brighten his day. Hell, nothing was safe. Getting out of bed wasn't safe. You can catch your toe on the carpet, fall and break your neck. He reached the ladder and shone the beam up. The trap door looked as if it had never been used. Gunn sighed and adjusted the waterproof pack on his shoulder. At the top of the ladder, he put his hands flat against the trap and gave an experimental shove. Nothing happened. No movement. Not a grain of disturbed dirt. He shifted the pack around to his front, took a couple of steps up, jammed his shoulders under the door and heaved. There was an ominous creak, and the rung under his feet snapped. Gunn grabbed thin air, then the top rung, and hung like the daring young man on the flying trapeze he let fly some very choice language, and made a mental note to add it to his list of grievances about the man in number 37. He regained his footing, gave the rung a thorough test, then, with all the subtlety of a charging rhino, slammed his shoulders against the trapdoor. There was a moment when it seemed Greek had met Greek, and then, with a protesting creak and a splintering sound, the trap door flew open. Showering gun with dust and straw, he hung on the ladder, still as Lot's wife. Alert for the slightest sound, that would betray an ambush, and then, poking his head above floor level, shone the flashlight through, 360 degrees. It was a large stone-walled empty room with a vaulted ceiling. Exactly what you might have expected to see, in the cellar of a 17th-century house in one of Austria's biggest cities. Gunn heaved himself through the opening, closed the damaged trap, and went to investigate what lay beyond the opening at the far end. Dust, cobwebs, and profusion, and wine racks, dozens of wine racks lining the walls and standing in serried rows like the stacks in a library. He went along the racks, taking out a bottle here and there, and decided the labels made for more interesting reading than your usual run-of-the-mill library. He placed the last bottle back in the rack and shook his head, not that he gave a damn about wine, but the label told him it was probably worth a lot of money to someone who cared. He divested himself of the hip-waiters to reveal a rather well-cut pair of designer denims and soft moccasin shoes. He straightened his navy blue roll-neck sweater and patted down the pockets of his well-worn jacket. He picked up the waterproof pack and slung it across his shoulder. The black rubber waiter sat collapsed like the remains of some body-sucking zombie's feast. In one corner of the cellar, in the approved fashion, was a steep flight of stone steps. At the top was an old-fashioned iron-studded wooden door of the kind that would need a battering ram. Gunn ran lightly up the steps and examined it. He sighed again and smiled. Lady Luck was in his corner. For the moment. In stories, the butler always kept the keys to the wine cellar, but from the age of bottles and the thickness of dust, Gunn doubted the present owner cared. In fact, he shouldn't, because Allah, in his infinite wisdom, had forbidden the faithful alcohol. Of course, that didn't mean it didn't happen, and he'd known at least one much-respected imam in northern Nigeria, who definitely liked his orange juice with a little bit of a kick attached. With infinite care, he turned the door handle, prepared to freeze the second a mouse or a bit of rust squeaked. But it seemed they made doors and hinges well in those days. Patience was the name of the game in the initial stages, unless you wanted to go in, boots and all, with guns blazing. And he had a sneaking suspicion the Vienna Bundespoletzi would take a dim view of an unauthorized commando raid, no matter how good the justification.